1: This morning, I get the privilege of launching us into this next series, Transmission, uh, picking up our own story from where Paul left off. And uh, so what I want to do this morning is to set the scene a little bit of kind of where we're going to go with this series over the next six weeks uh, and tell you about some of the the elements to it, some of the surprises along the way. Um, And also then we're going to just dive into an aspect of the life of Paul as we kick into this series. So let's pray, and then we'll, uh, we'll dive in. Lord, we just... We just thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for a time to be able to worship and connect with you and to take a moment out from the the flow of a normal week, Lord God, to be here with you and with your people. And so we just pray in these next moments, God, just guide my words. Lord, would you speak to us in this time through your word, uh, enliven our hearts to the things of you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So we've called this week Preparing to Launch. Preparing to launch. Transmission phase of us as a church going from here to there. You know, continuing on this theme that we've had right throughout the year, this overarching theme. And so we wanted to dive into some practical here to there's and and pick up the story of the Apostle Paul and some of his actual movements. So throughout the series, we're going to look primarily into the book of Acts, and so a, a great thing to be doing right from the get-go, this next little, next little while, is for yourself uh, to be reading the story in Acts, so particularly from uh, picking up in Acts 13 through to 20, uh, when we look at the missionary trips of the Apostle Paul. So I'd really encourage you to do that, so as we track through, uh, through the weeks. Um, and throughout each of them, we're going we're to um, look at some of Paul's motivators, you know, why it was that he went to these different places. We want to uh, take a little bit of a deep dive into some of that. We want to be able to obviously reflect for ourselves, you know, what is it that we can pick up along that journey of what Paul did? We want to dig into that question of what the hang happened to Paul, or as he was, Saul, that led him to do this to go on these incredible missionary trips. What so captured his heart? What grabbed him? What motivated him? What compelled him to do this? And obviously, how can we respond in our own lives? But we've got some, uh, we've got some great weeks planned. So what we're going to do is kind of bookmark the series with the same messages in the morning and night on the first week and the last week. Alright, so obviously myself today and Vic's going to conclude the series at the end, but then all the weeks in between, we're going to look at different aspects in the morning and in the evening uh, of those different missionary trips. And then smack bang in the middle of the series, we're going to have Peter Fitch with us uh, as a guest preacher. It happens to be Pentecost Sunday that he's with us, so we'll take kind of a, a little bit of a pause, uh, have him preach, and then we'll jump back in. That'll be Awesome. So, Calvin's going to be preaching, Janelle's preaching, Vic's preaching, and on one of the final Sundays in the evening, Macarita is going to be preaching uh, as well. Yeah, whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. If you wanted to come along to the 5pm service as well through the series, that's cool. We can obviously do that. Or you could pick up the podcast. So during the week on a Tuesday, the messages come out from the the Sunday that's just been. So obviously if you're here in the morning, then it would be worthwhile listening to what was going on in the evening on those weeks where it's different. And speaking of podcasts, I think one of the things that I'm actually quietly most excited about during this series is that we're going to be doing some transmission stories. Some transmission stories. And uh, in here, what we're doing is we're going to grab some people from our own community and we're going to dig into their worlds about how they would be involved in transmission, in transmitting something of the gospel. So this week, for example, we've got an interview that Vic, our local journalist, uh, does uh, with Steve and Sharon uh, Beam, just over here, and Liz Cable. Give us a wave, Liz, Beam, thank you. Um, and uh, I've, I've had a sneaky listen to the interview, and it's awesome. It's awesome. They're going to talk in that interview uh, about what it's like to be involved in international missions, uh, both on the mission field itself, but also how we can uh, be part of supporting that process. And you will be amazed and inspired to hear what's going on in our own midst. What's going on globally, around the world, what they're involved with. It's a fantastic conversation. Then going on from there, uh, we're going to have some other interviews just each Thursday morning on the podcast. They're going to be released. And so we're going to have an interview with Gareth Owen, uh, who's the marketing director at World Vision, uh, being involved in supporting global missions. We're going to have an interview with David DeVette and Cam Stewart missional business owners here in Auckland, in our own community, in our church, what it's like to try and be intentional in the way that they live out, work out their business life um, for the glory of God. Uh, We're going to have an interview with Laurent Marsh, who's going to tell us what it's like to be a Christian working within a maximum security prison. Uh, we're going to have uh, an interview with Jenny Lennon and Rob Ash- Ashcroft um, about uh, vocations of service, teachers, nurses, what it's like, again, to serve people in that way with this intention of wanting to do it missionally, transmitting something of God through their work.
0: How cool is that?
1: <laughs> so if you don't happen to be a podcaster, then just try it out. Next six weeks. Super easy, find a format that works for you and then it'll pop into your feed and you can listen uh, to those. And it'll be really inspiring and helpful. And there's more that you can kind of dig into in that sort of period rather than just on a Sunday morning. So it'd be cool. Because when we look at the life of Paul, the trips that he took, the spread of the gospel into these different areas, uh, it's going to raise some great questions for us. It's going to raise questions like, what happened to Paul that made him so compelled to spread the message of Jesus, to be prepared to lay down his own life so that the story of Jesus might spread far and wide? And then, of course, flowing onto that, like I mentioned before, it's what's our response? You know, how can we pick up the story from Paul to assist in continuing that to take place? And I hope and pray that these next few weeks would be stirring, would be motivating, would com- be compelling for us as a community of people as we walk together. So let's start into, uh, into the life of Paul. Um, if you've got your Bibles, I'd love you to turn into Acts 9. Uh, we're going to pick up, uh, we're gonna pick up a, 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 an event, a specific event for Paul, what happened to him and how this whole journey really started. So I'm going to read from you if you uh, read up on the screen if you don't have your Bibles in front of you. But obviously, or maybe not obviously, Saul and Paul are the same person. Saul of Tarsus, Paul the Apostle. Um, Saul is his Hebrew name. He is also known as Paul. So he's not converted to Paul, he's also known as Paul. Paul is his, uh, his Roman name. So when he's going about his missionary trips, it makes more sense to use his name Paul as a, in a Roman context, a Gentile context. So we're going to pick it up, Acts 9 verse one, uh, verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So, that if he found any there who belonged to the way, weren't called Christians, you know, Jesus followers, the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So, here is this very zealous man, Saul of Tarsus, who had become a leading leader to his fellow Jews. So, his mission at this stage is to go anywhere he can to bring people onto track of the story of Judaism. And if he finds people who are going off track, uh, who are leading people down a different path, then he wants to bring them back and he will use force and violence if necessary. He is an incredibly zealous man. In verse 3, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? This famous scene, this famous road to Damascus moment. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, I am Jesus. Whom you are persecuting, he replies. Now, get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. So here's this Roger Damascus experience, this totally radical encounter for Saul. He has this vision of Jesus coming to him, Saul, Saul, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? Uh, N.T. Wright describes this moment like this. He says, This moment shattered Paul's wildest dreams and at the same split second fulfilled them. It, it shattered his his wildest dreams in the same split second fulfilled. Remember, he is zealous for Judaism. He is expecting the coming Messiah. He's, he's hoping for him to come. He's... He, he's he, for centuries, there has been this hope, this expectation. And suddenly, he has this wild moment of suddenly realizing, oh my goodness, Jesus, you are the Messiah. So in one way, he's, he's fulfilled in this dream, in this vision, and in, in what he has been trying to outwork. But then also in the same sort of moment, he has this terrible realization of what he's been doing. I've been going about it in completely the wrong way, these these people who are following the way. I've been killing them. Literally killing them. It's just this incredible moment, isn't it, you know, of wow, but what have I done? He's left blind after this encounter until through Ananias' uh, obedience, he has his sight restored. He's baptized. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He, he clearly has something you know, very, very impacting happen to him. Straight away, he switches his zeal. He switches his zeal to start to preach uh, wherever he is. So in Damascus to start with, then in Jerusalem, there's plots to try and kill him, so they sneak him away. And then he returns back to Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus, back to where he is from. And and this is where it gets really interesting. Well, it's all interesting, but this gets really interesting in this moment that he spends in Tarsus. So in reality, there's very little that we know of what Paul was doing while he was in Tarsus. He's had this incredible encounter. He started preaching. He started to convince other Jews that Jesus, in fact, was the Messiah. Uh, They think he's lost the plot. They try and uh, kill him, they take him back to Tarsus, and here he is, back in his hometown. What we do know about his time in Tarsus is that it must have been incredibly formational. There was something, that was, there was something formative that was happening in this time. What scholars tell us is that he was probably there for about 10 years, the next time that we read about Saul or Paul is at the end of Acts 12, where he and Barnabas are returning from Jerusalem. They're going to Antioch. They're about to be launched into their first missionary trip. Talk about that next week. That's the next time that we hear, hear about him. And, you know, in our Bibles, we might just flip a page, but it's like it's 10 years. There's 10 years delay, and, and so what's been going on in Tarsus during this time? Well, what we do know is that in Tarsus, he's building up the family tent-making business. <laughs> he's, he's earning his keep. <laughs> he's working hard. You know, this business was there to help support him in that time, uh, but also throughout his ministry life. So he's very likely there building up his business. And if you stop and think about that, you think about the people that he's interacting with. So a tent maker in that in that time is it's a thriving business. You know, there's people from all different walks of life coming in. Hey, Saul, can you um, you know make this tent, make this shelter for me? Uh, I need it to support X, Y, and Z. And he's interacting, con- con- having conversations with all sorts of people from all sorts of different walks of life. Just like you and your business or in your place of work or how you go about your life, it grounds you, doesn't it? You know, as you're interacting with people who don't share your faith, who don't, don't share your values, don't share your beliefs, as Paul is interacting with these people, there is something grounding that's really good and healthy that's going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that others will explore it a bit more you know, through the series. We, we can see that Paul is very, very intelligent. He, he knows the Scriptures so well. When, he, when he's talking about the Torah and the Old Testament Scriptures, he knows them so well. The drop of a hat, he can be able to rebut something that's going on. But also, he's, he's thought really deeply about it. He's, he's grounded in the reality of this for people's lives. He, he spends the time working out the stuff. You know, kind of work, how does this actually kind of work for you, me, everyday people? This experience, this Roger Damascus experience, yes, it's a phenomenal. What does it mean? He takes time to work the stuff out, to ponder, to think deeply. And of course, what also happens during this time is this thorn in the flesh. He refers to it in 2 Corinthians 12. And again, we don't know exactly what that thorn is. Um, We don't know if it's some sort of personal ailment or it's some sort of personal situation or, you know, personal issue that comes up for him and doesn't go away. He can't pray it away. God doesn't take it away from him. But again... Just this thing that helps to keep him humble, to keep him grounded. I'm sure most of us in the room have had those moments, right? You know, like where we, where we suddenly actually have that realisation, you know what, there's something, there's something good about being weak. <laughs> there's something good about coming to the end of ourselves and actually relying on God's strength in that moment. In Tarsus, Paul has this experience. He learns this. It's valuable, it's formative, it's good. So here is this man, Saul of Tarsus, emerges, ready to go, (laughs) prepared to launch, prepared to walk out. And with that thought, if Jesus really is the Messiah, then I want to do everything that I can to have this message go out far and wide because of the implications that it has on the way that we live life. To walk out Acts 1.8, to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's just a page turn for us. <laughs> but there's something really deep that's going on in Paul's life. And I'm sure you know, maybe there's areas in our own lives you know, where it feels like that, that delay factor is there, that frustration of time is there. Keep in mind the page turn. Keep in mind the formation that's going on. Keep in mind what God is doing. So Paul traveled with a a focus of seeing this gospel message that had impacted him so deeply. And he he went wherever he could. Now, obviously, we don't necessarily do it in the same style as Paul, right? Uh, We don't necessarily walk from town to town, settlement to settlement, synagogue to synagogue, uh, and talk about publicly what he has experienced. But that doesn't discount us, does it, from joining in this story, from picking up the story, the message that Paul is trying to preach, this good news about Jesus Christ, not this easy news, not this pain-free news, not this uncomplicated news, this good news. That with Jesus Christ as the Messiah, it gives us access to be able to live with heaven here and now, to be able to live whole and healed with something different that holds our lives together, that's powerful and impacting. So Paul does it in his way, but as we kind of set forth on this, uh, set forth on this series, I want to I wanna just stir you a little bit with some ways that we could do it. Some ways that we can transmit, that we can be involved in the story of transmission. Maybe you've been wondering what's underneath the covers over here. I Feel like some like, like a magician show or something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, so I've just got under here, just some some objects. Just some objects that might represent a way in which we can be a part of transmitting. And as I kind of just go through them, I I want to encourage you just to be reflective of your own life. Is that something that grabs me? Is that something that I could be involved? I've got a phone over here. Uh, You know, most of us have got one of these in our pockets or in our handbags. This is an incredibly powerful device for how we can transmit about the gospel of Jesus Christ. The way that we do social media, uh, the way that we call and talk to other people. Uh, we were sitting around house group this week just talking about this topic and someone piped up and said, uh, text messages are really helpful. You know, when someone's, when someone's in a hard space, to text them, to reassure them that they're thinking of them, that maybe there's a particular Bible verse that would encourage them or just, just to know that someone cares for them. There is something in that transmission that that reflects the glory of God, that reflects the story, the gospel of Jesus Christ, just in a little text message. We can use our phones. We, uh, I've, I've got a coffee cup. Maybe this is a little bit related to the phone in some ways, but we can drink coffee for the glory of God. <laughs> you know, coffee, a coffee cup that might just resent, uh, um, uh, represent just sitting down, having a conversation, building a relationship with someone. Maybe there's someone at work that you could just take that next step. Hey, do you want to grab a coffee sometime? I can see that life's throwing you some curveballs lately. I'd love to be able to help walk that journey with you. I can see that you're searching. I'd love to have a conversation about some of the stuff that I've discovered. I don't have all the answers, just want to build relationship with you. Something that we can do. I've got a laptop up here. Obviously, laptops are used for all sorts of different things, but I want to have this represent our vocations. Most of us probably use a laptop uh, in our workplaces. And so may this represent the way, the question, the digging into, how does the way that you do your work life reflect Jesus? Through your interactions with your colleagues, through your integrity, through the way that you do business, How does it reflect Jesus to the people around you? I'm a carpet cleaner, run a carpet cleaning business, and I deeply hope that, in essence, there will be more than just some guys turning up to clean your carpets. There will be something else about the way that I do business in that sense that would speak About Jesus, so I've got a paper and pen up here. We can go old school, (laughs) but just to just to simply represent, you know, obviously the tangibles, the you know, writing a card, sending a letter, that sort of thing. But also, some of you have got the gift of writing. Man, you can write blogs. You can uh, you can write a book you know use that gifting for god to 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 demonstrate to show something of jesus oh, i can see some people shaking their heads no, no no i don't i don't have that but that's all right some in the room do how are you letting god use it okay and then over here oh it's caught at the bottom i'm sure something's going to fall i don't so over here, I've got uh, a soccer ball. Sorry, the bike was a little bit big to uh, put on the table. Uh, so just to, to represent our hobbies, you know, the things that we love to do, that we interact with other people. You know, the people that you do your hobbies with are often people who would never set foot in a church building like this. And you have the opportunity, because of a shared passion with them, to interact, to, to get to know, to relate to. What an awesome opportunity, simply by just doing something that you love to do. Uh, I've got a a microphone here. Uh, Some of us, some of you, uh, find yourself in a space of talking to groups of people, not necessarily in a church setting like this, but in your own workplaces or through your own life, coaching, whatever. And this is an opportunity to share something of, of Jesus. You know, How would the words that you use to people that you speak to just reflect Jesus well? Not necessarily in biblical language, but just in the way that you present. I, I've, got, I've got over here a plane. <laughs> Sorry, again, couldn't fit a, you know, what, 747 or whatever. Um, and this is the only plane that we had at home. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, this is to represent international missions. Maybe there's a tugging on your heart to go on a missions trip somewhere. be it short-term, long-term, or maybe to support what missions, activities going on. This is is just a way of being able to transmit something of the gospel. Uh, We're almost there. Uh, I've got a hammer here. Uh, Not to destroy things, hopefully. uh, If I use it, that's probably what happens. But um, uh, to skillfully use it, to serve one another, to to not just be about words, but to be about actions, the way that we outwork and we serve others. And then finally, I've got uh, a print here, Tony Cribb, uh, was given to us, hangs on our um, bedroom wall. You won't be able to read it at the back, but it just simply says, I will leave the world a better place. Maybe God's gifted you with the ability of the arts to paint beautifully, to draw something significant, to, to creatively produce music and song. What would the story be that those gifts and talents that God's put in your life be for the world around you? I'm sure there's more. I know there's more. (laughs) But maybe in just something of that little kind of smattering of of stuff. Maybe there's something in there that kind of grabs you. I I know when I hear stuff like this, it's just something inside me just stirs, you know, oh yeah, I can do that. I can, you know, I stuff it up heaps, but I want to be a part of that, whatever that happens to be, transmitting, picking up the story from where Paul left off. We can be a part of that journey. And the thing is that if we each lean into those particular areas, then something just glorious happens, you know? Something of the expression of who God is is reflected into the world around us, and it's a very good thing. So, what I thought would be cool to uh, to do. In fact, if I could ask the band to come and join back, I, I, I kind of, I guess, I kind of want to leave you with just a, a couple of a couple of things this morning, and one of them is this: it's the It's the thing within your own world that you could use to help transmit. How could you be involved in this transmission process? But then the the other thing is the step behind that, behind it. The thing is that for Paul, his very clear motivation was his encounter that he had with Jesus. And the the best thing that we can do is that we can live our lives looking to encounter Jesus for ourselves. Before we worry about, you know, what the rest of the world thinks when they look at our lives, it's like, let's just center ourselves on encountering Jesus for us.